0: Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. Yeah. Now it's time for Blaine and Mickey, powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. It is Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Man, we are so pumped up. Today is, I don't know, Maybe my favorite day of every year that we get to broadcast in this great city. I'm going to go ahead and say that it is. I couldn't top this with any other day. Amazing day, Toy Field. We get to do this every year. We get to partner with the amazing folks at the Salvation Army, and we get to make some Christmas dreams come true for some amazing People all around Middle Tennessee, we are building, as we always do, an actual field of toys. There are people who haven't been here, and they always ask me, okay, seriously, what's the toy field? We literally make out a field. Our incredible staff at Cumulus Broadcasting in Nashville, they make a a green football field with a 50-yard line and end zones and everything else, and then we fill it with toys at Nissan Stadium. Um, I can remember this happening for years and just remembering – uh, how great it was to come and, and, and bring toys and be a part of this And uh, before I was on staff at the radio station, so it's even cooler to get to be a part of it. Uh, so here's what we're doing. Building a field of toys to benefit the Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels. The toys and gifts for those in need collected will benefit those who would other, otherwise maybe they wouldn't get anything. They'd get very little during this holiday season. All items collected will be donated to the Christmas Joy Shop where volunteers will shop for the Angels who do not get adopted or their gifts do not get returned in time. So these are the Salvation Army's forgotten angels. So I know it's been a rough year for a lot of people. I understand it, man. I understand it. But if you've got the ability to help, um, just an unwrapped toy, a gift for a senior, as they say, there's a, one of the things I saw was a, a pair of house shoes for a senior. So amazing. So, it, you know, be sure to bring something by. If you have the means, you don't have to get out of your car, you can drop it off. We just got people outside who are taking it. Right off your hands. So we are overjoyed to, again, be a part of this and to serve the people of Middle Tennessee who love this radio station and, and are such a big part of what we do. This is our chance to give back, one of many, and we're excited to do it. Blaine and Mickey today, uh, going to have a fun lineup. Mike Wilson is going to join us to talk about the latest from the Tennessee Vols and Coach Mack at 215. We're certainly going to talk a lot of Titans today. Maybe you got some Titans or Vols stuff you want to get into. six one five seven three seven. One oh four five. Titans eight and four at the one and eleven. Jaguars this Sunday. And if you look at this, there is some. Well, there's some history there, obviously between these two teams that Blaine Bishop knows all about, uh, having played in it. The Titans won the first game this year by only three points. They lost at Jacksonville last year. Mike Glennon is now the Jags starting quarterback. He started the last couple of games completing 62% of his throws. He's got three touchdowns, two interceptions. And his two starts, though, Jacksonville lost to the Browns, who the Titans, uh, well, we saw what happened in that game. Jacksonville lost to the Browns by two, and as Blaine has pointed out a couple times, if they just kick a couple extra points, maybe the ending of that game is different instead of chasing points and going for two earlier. Uh, Then they lost to the Vikings by three points in overtime. So with Mike Glennon at the helm... This Jaguars team has lost two games by a combined five points to the Browns and Vikings, who are both teams that gave the Titans all they could handle this year. Uh, undrafted rookie running back James Robinson is only 32 yards from 1,000. And here's another thing. He had 102 yards versus the Titans back in week two. I think he's actually the last 100-yard rusher that the Titans have seen this year, James Robinson. The Jags have one 30-point game this year. It was against the Titans. So lots of interesting stuff when it comes to this rivalry, Blaine. But uh, it's amazing because you see teams quit sometimes. This Jacksonville team's playing their butt off right now. They're playing hard. Yeah, it's a little scary team in that they're going to play hard all
1: the way to the whistle. They just doesn't know how to close yet and finish games. Uh, so they've lost some close games uh, uh, to Minnesota. Just think about when we played them. You know, did it go to overtime? I'm trying to remember back. That was the first game, right? Always, you know, the first game is always uh, kind of tricky. Anyway, across the whole league, but uh, I I don't want to look past them. Uh, I don't want the fans to. Uh, I kind of, you know, gave a little bit of a warning with the Browns. Yes, you did. And uh, and this is the same way. I think that here on out, you can't look past anybody. I, I don't care Detroit Lions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who they are. Let alone, you know, you can go, you know, losing this league to, you know, a bottom feeder as far as record wise, and then go beat a, you know. Uh, a top tier team, as we just saw, the Washington Football Team beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. If only so, we could have seen it. I saw Judge Judy on my TV. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Well, nobody saw it, but uh, you know, it was funny. We saw a little bit. Well, at least I saw a little bit on uh, Twitter. You know, some of the highlights of what was going on in time, uh, and just to see that the game was close in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, that shows you how uh, close this leagues are. You know, this league is uh, with all the teams and that you're one play away or bad play away from winning and losing a ball game. Yep. And you always talk about that. You know, it's, you know, teams that everybody's supposed to be in the middle somewhere, and then, you know, you have a couple good, you know, uh, you know, games, and then next you get a momentum going, uh, have some elite players stay healthy. There's a lot of luck and and breaks all involved in this, besides having a really good team and persevere through it all. So, uh, yeah, all these games uh, (laughs) make me nervous. Uh, Yeah, that's why I don't like somebody saying that's our home field.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Don't do it. And the whole talk about well the Browns haven't beaten anybody. They beat a bunch of NFL teams. They they've yeah. beaten eight NFL teams. They yeah. beat the Colts. Yes. And they beat the Bengals. Yeah, well, well, well we
1: lost once with the Colts and we lost to the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. That's all I needed to know. Me too. Yeah, this wasn't the bumbling Bengals. <laughs> this was an up and trending Bengal with Burrow who wow. believed they could win every game. I hated seeing
0: that kid get hurt. Oh yeah. He's fun too. to watch. Yeah.
1: You know, he's he'll be back. He'll be back. Uh, you know, they'll make sure uh, he doesn't come back too soon. And uh, he'll be back uh, somewhere probably around the middle of the season. But he's a competitor. Uh, so that was good to see that uh, his mark was made there in Cincinnati. And they're going to be a team
0: to contend with now uh, in the AFC North. Think about how hard it is to hit on a quarterback. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota not here anymore. James Winston not with the Bucks anymore. I mean, there's so many guys that just don't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. And and the Bengals have hit on their guy. It looks like the Chargers maybe have hit on their guy. I mean, you know, maybe we see some of these guys have some continued success. The Dolphins, maybe they, maybe they hit on their guy with Tua. So, and the Eagles are going to see if they hit on their guy with Jalen Hurts. Uh, saw this before we got <laughs> Isn't started. That crazy? He's going to be the starter
1: now. Well, I mean, man, I, I feel for Wentz because we've seen what he could do. Yeah. Uh, and he got injured back-to-back season. He was going to win the MVP, in my mind, uh, if he would have stayed healthy that first time. Uh, and now he has a lot of injuries to his offensive line. I think he's losing a little bit of confidence. Uh, and Hurts uh, goes in there, and they, they're probably the same guy right now. Hurts uh, just uh, a little more sturdier and no injury history, and uh, that's probably about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, Wentz, they gave him all that money. I'm, I'm interested to see how they get out of that. If Hurts becomes the starter and is actually the better player uh, eventually, if that happens, oh, my, uh-oh. Yeah. There, there may be some coaches and GMs on the chopping block. I mean, that's serious be. talk now. The Philly fans, they will not have it. Oh, you, man. And you played there. Oh, you know. but yeah. Oh, well, I know. Oh, I know. They they still blame me for one game. I mean, these oh, guys, yeah. these, I mean <laughs> they will they annihilate you there, man. They will never let it go. I mean, they. Don't, and that's who they are. Uh, Philly tough.
0: And that's why I always laugh about the brother they love, though. <laughs> yeah, not, not a lot of love if they don't like what you do. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to start. He's a second round pick from last year. Uh or, yeah, second round pick in the they last draft. They booed
1: that pick by the way. They said they didn't need him. They needed a wide receiver or something. They they didn't want they didn't want Hurts. They didn't want a quarterback in the second round. They wanted a receiver, I think.
0: Carson Wentz, 57.4% completion. Ooh. That's that's that, that's a dog right there. That that's bad, dude. 16th. Six, <laughs> that's
1: horrible. 16
0: touchdowns in the NFL. Like high sixties is good in the NFL. You're sixty 68 percent. I mean, you're I mean, that, that's good. Yeah. You below sixty, you got a problem. Right. But then man. you're backing up the second round draft pick. He's sixteen touchdowns, league leading, fifteen interceptions. Wentz, who who was on this trajectory. Like you said, I mean, people are like, This guy's gonna win MVP awards. Seventy two point eight rating, which is lower than his rookie year, the lowest of his career. He signed a four year hundred and twenty eight million dollar extension. He's under contract through 2024 with the Eagles. What what are you going to do if this kid comes and just balls out? They could still win their division. I mean, it'd be hard <laughs> <'Cause it's laughs> because the Giants and the Redskins seem to be taking right. control. But but they could. Stranger things have happened. I mean, they could get their six or seven wins and win it if things break their way. Well, what you're saying, that, though, it makes me think about you never know what injuries what I
1: was talking about, but also COVID. Yeah. Maybe you don't have some key players that doesn't play. Then all of a sudden, you know, then it snowballs. You have some injuries, and then Whoop! You're out of the hunt, and then all of a sudden you're back at the top if you had the luck of the draw and all the guys stayed healthy and didn't have COVID. So, uh, yeah, man, it's this, this going to be a fun, uh, you know, fun one to watch. At, let's say that. What a mess! Yeah, that that's tough. I mean, right, I mean man, I mean the coach There's already rumors that Wentz may go to the Colts next year. They would <laughs> they may trade him because Frank Reich might have been the quarterback guru, right? Not be. <laughs> Man, that's crazy! This guy just won the Super Bowl. What was it? Two, just like a blink of an eye ago. Like what was it? Two years ago, well, was three all, years ago. He helped get
0: him there, but you know. But the big, big, big guy Foles was the one
1: who carried and finished
0: it up in the playoffs
1: at the end of the season.
0: And then he's just gone off a cliff since then. So, Well, Nick Foles is who he is. He I, is I, who he is. Yeah, he had the hottest streak. It's like Cardale Jones. You're going to have the hottest streak of your life. Do it. Win a championship. Right. At the best streak of your life. Cardell Jones not even in football anymore. He's been tweeting at teams that need quarterbacks. <laughs> and, I, and I like him fine. It's funny. He has a great sense of humor. on He's been tweeting at teams that need quarterbacks like, hey, Cardell's available. Yeah, I saw uh, some, uh what was it,
1: Uh what's the guy we uh drafted from Georgia, Walker? I saw him tweet like, hey, hey, I'm available. Tie- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love
0: whoa, the tie- Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait what a about that guy? We were like. We had, had him plugged into, you know, the rotation. Right. He's least a on backup. A... Yes. He's not on a roster. Uh-uh. He was on somebody's practice. While. Seattle. Wow. And it's not like they're, you know, the steel curtain defense up there from the 70s. They're struggling, too, and they didn't need him. Yikes. Oh, my. Mike Wilson going to join us to talk Vols. Hey, it is Toy Field today at Nissan Stadium. Please come by and see us bring an unwrapped gift for one of Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels or a gift for a senior. We would love to see you, and we're going to love to talk Vols next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5, The Zone. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5, The Zone. Man, nice uh, late fall. Feels like winter outside. Starting to feel like Christmas time. Get the Christmas spirit. Drop off a gift today. Be here until the end of 3HL, and then packing up for a while after that, so you'll have until 6 or a little bit later to bring by a gift for our annual toy field. We love doing this every year, and uh, teaming up with the Salvation Army. They do fantastic work, and we're... Humble to be even a small part of that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We're going to get this uh, filled up uh, before uh, 3HL starts.
0: Yeah, we got to get some work going on this thing, absolutely. Looking good, but it could be better. Mike Wilson said to join us now, Knoxville News Sentinel, as we talk about the latest going on from the Tennessee Vols. Mike, uh, a lot of Vols talking about this. Brent Simaglia tweeted that he's going to take some time off from the team. He mentioned hardships and struggles within the program, and I know that could mean any number of things, but what's what's kind of the feeling about that and maybe about how things were worded as Tennessee loses a player who's really been a key guy for them over the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, so that was, the, the whole thing was interesting. Uh, I mean, that, that tweet with that statement came out right smack dab in the middle of Jeremy Pruitt's Monday press conference. Um, And I happened to see it and and kind of asked Fruit about it. I I didn't see that line. I just saw kind of the news uh, and just asked him, you know, what's going on with Brent Smaglis as he's not playing, who's handling the kicking duties, so on and so forth. But but it is odd. Uh, I mean, he's been hurt throughout the year. It's odd to phrase it as an opt-out when there's two games left uh, because opt-outs kind of been used for guys transferring or headed to the draft and so on. Uh, but the whole thing was just odd, and, and that line was especially bizarre. Um, I'm not sure what to make of it. We haven't had a chance to really ask Jeremy Pruitt about what to make of that either. Um, but it, it certainly was a bit of an odd line when you're you're saying, "Hey, I need to to hang it up for the rest of the year because of my mental and physical health."
0: Yeah, when mental health gets mis- you, it gets mentioned as well. That that's another red flag uh, for sure. And you just hope that the young man's okay and that whatever this is, he can he can get the help that he needs mentally and. And physically to uh, you know to get back where he needs to be. I, this game against Vandy, I don't even know how many people they're going to have to put on the field or you know on their depth chart on Saturday. But if this gets played, what if it is a close game? It, what kind of kicking situation is there behind Semaglia?
2: Uh, Paxton Brooks, who's the the punter and the kickoff guy, he'll have the first crack at it. Jeremy Pruitt said uh, he was a kicker in high school, a really highly rated recruit, uh, a punter kicker kid from Columbia, South Carolina. Um. Then they have a walk-on named Toby Wilson, who will also get a crack at it. If if Brooks isn't going to be that guy, uh, so they've got a couple options. Certainly, neither is a healthy Brent Sumaglia, but at the same time, an injured Brent Sumaglia also isn't a healthy Brent Sumaglia. So uh, Tennessee's been been having that problem with kicker all year. I mean, there was that play at Arkansas where they went for it on fourth and two or fourth and four maybe the 30-yard line. Arkansas instead of kicking it, and, and that was kind of the point where it came out that he was hurt. So. Um, And they'll just hope that one of those guys can kind of get it through for the last couple games.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, On with Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Blaine and Mickey.
1: Well, Mike, uh, thanks for coming on. And I guess what were your thoughts on uh, the rotation of the quarterbacks, let alone their performances as well uh, with with JT Shroud and Bailey specifically.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that a lot when I've come on. And and JT Shroud's always been one of those people that, that we've talked about. With he seemingly got punished. For throwing, I mean, a really bad interception against Kentucky. Bad read, bad throw. Um, Never saw the field again since. Instead, you're rotating in Brian Bauer, who's ineffective, and Harrison Bailey, who can't seem to push it down the field aggressively. Um, And I thought both Bailey and Shrout did well Saturday in their own ways. Um, Obviously, Shrout's in the fourth quarter. He might not be fully against the real defense, but I thought he really commanded the offense well. Uh, I thought he was the best quarterback they had on Saturday, and, and I've wondered for a while if he might be their best option because we haven't gotten to see if he is or isn't. Yeah. Um, so both those guys are apparently going to get a crack at it uh, to start against Vanderbilt. I won't be surprised if we see both play again. I mean, We've seen Tennessee rotate, and we kind of mishandle this quarterback situation for so long that heck, we'll probably see Brian Maurer play as well on Saturday. Well,
1: I'm not going to ask you why he rotated the guys, but I, I, I'm I'm saying – Is he really playing the odds because he doesn't know with the transfer portal how everything will look when it's over with Mm. at the end of the season, and now he's going to say, hey, I played you, you're competing, you did really well, Uh, because he doesn't know who's coming and going, let alone they may be in for a quarterback regardless.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that was my initial thought when when Brian Maurer got snapped and when J.P. Schrott went in. Uh, And to me – there's obviously no real reason to not just keep developing Harrison Bailey if you think he's your guy in the future. So throwing those guys in there to me initially gave me the vibe of, okay, this is a guy who sees what his quarterback room might be next year, and it's Harrison Bailey and an incoming freshman, Caden Salter. And that's it, unless you go out and get somebody. Because it's very conceivable that Tennessee will see Maurer and Trout hop in the portal after this season. I think it's highly unlikely that Jerick Arantano is back for his sixth year. So, you're looking at that situation. That's not a good quarterback situation uh, to have, well, a freshman and a sophomore with a little bit of experience because you're banking on one of them being the guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I took it as a we got to keep one of them around kind of move. But afterward, we kind of got the vibe more that, that maybe J.C. Shroud's the dude they might have started if they weren't, weren't unsure of his health going to that game.
1: No question about it. Uh, we're on with Mike Wilson with Knoxville News Sentinel. I guess one more last one for me is. How do you think is viewed by the actual players on the team? By JG is now out of the question. Is not going to even be contending to be playing at all the rest of this this season.
2: Yeah, it's bizarre. It was bizarre yesterday with the press conference with Pruitt, where he you know, he talked about the other three quarterbacks, and someone doubled back and asked about Garrett Cano, and it basically is he out of the out of the picture? And Pruitt didn't even say Garrett's name. Um, he just kind of said, you know, yeah, we're moving forward with the other guys. And it was, it was odd and, and borderline at points a little bit disrespectful. I mean, that's a guy who, I mean, has been put through the ringer here, um, for better or for worse for his doing, not his doing. Um, but yeah, we, we haven't gotten a good pulse of what the team feels about that. I mean, they look more competent offensively. And I think that's gotta be a boost for everyone, um, with how they played against Florida, But it's still, I mean, I think when you look at the overall quarterback situation, you see multiple years of mismanagement. And that, as much as anything, has to be deflating at a point for a team that, I mean, the defense was good last year. The defense is average this year. But they're not being helped by the offense in any capacity. And and I imagine quarterback is such a huge part of the morale of this team right now. And, and yeah, you're looking at two years of mismanagement.
1: We're on with Mike Wilson, Knoxville News Sentinel.
2: What was,
0: and Mike, I know you got to go here in about a minute and a half, so I know we got to wrap this up. appreciate you taking some time today. Pruitt's comment about Florida and Tennessee, there not being much difference between the teams and the locker rooms. How in the world was that received?
2: By media or by anyone else? Uh,
0: By anybody, because I know when I saw it, I thought, (laughs) what in
2: the world? It's kind of a sentiment that Pruitt's gone with. Uh, He did the same thing after Alabama with the, you know, we're closing the gap comment. Um, right. And he kind of made that same comment of, I know the guys that were on this sideline when I got here. I know the guys on that sideline. I know the guys on our sideline now. And we're closing the gap. And he, he truly seems to believe these things. Uh, but we're not seeing it on the field. And it's not shown even a little bit on the field with any of the, the top-tier teams in the SEC, mm-hmm. I mean, even Georgia. I mean, they're, they're not competitive with those teams for a full game. Um, but he, he seems to believe it. But the reaction is just, again, he must be seeing something no one else is. He must be seeing something in practice that we don't see on Saturdays when we're watching that game in the press box or people in the stands or whatever. Because it doesn't look – I mean, it looks like Florida was bored playing with its food uh, on Saturday. I mean, they, they never looked interested in that game, and they still won quite easily. Um, but that, that's been a Jeremy Pruitt narrative is that, that the, you know, the talent level, it seems like what he was going for, isn't that different. But that's also a dangerous narrative to push as a coach. If you're saying the narrative's not close or the talent's close after you just lost by 12, does that mean something else? is The problem, the problem might point back at you.
0: Yeah, 100. percent I understand you have got a couple more minutes you can spend with us, so that's good. That's the thing I look at when when you say that. I, I appreciate you telling your kids and, and telling everybody, "Hey, you're as talented as they are." Maybe that's something you say in the locker room, but when you do say it publicly. If I'm a fan or if I'm a guy and I'm giving the program X amount of dollars, I'm thinking, hey, man, if the talent's equal and you're getting beat by them every year, you're in this losing streak, all double digits, then there's a problem with you. You are the problem.
2: And, and I, I think we're going to see a very interesting offseason at Tennessee. I mean, assuming Tennessee wins at Vanderbilt, um, I think we're going to see Jeremy Pruitt back next year. But I think we're going to see a lot of staff shakeup. And I think there has to be staff shakeup. Um, but that's also concerning because there's been a heavy amount of turnover on Jeremy Pruitt's staff every Already. offseason. Right. Um, I think we're going to see it again. I mean, there's possibilities for guys like T. Martin to jump up to a head coaching job. You talked about at South Alabama, which is down in his hometown of Mobile. Uh, Jay Graham has got a good relationship with Shane Beamer, and Beamer's now at South Carolina. Yeah. Graham's coached there before, too. I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities of guys who could maybe jump, but I think either way, Tennessee's got to have some shakeups, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The I mean, offensive line has as much talent as any position in the team, not getting it done. Quarterback, they haven't been developed and coached up. So I think we're going to have to see a lot of coaching change this offseason on that staff.
0: And on with Mike Wilson, Knoxville News Sentinel, talking to Blaine and Mickey.
1: <laughs> well, Mike, after looking at the,
0: uh, <laughs> I guess, depth chart of
1: Vandy, Uh, seeing guys moving around, and I think they said only 42 or 3 scholarship players. And to me, that's a possibility that they could not even play this game. Uh, I guess two questions. Why should they play this game if they don't have enough players? And uh, is there some uh, obligation with the SEC that they have to play, even if they don't have 53 scholarship players available?
2: You know, I go back to to a comment South Carolina's interim coach, Mike Bobo, made after they played. Kentucky this weekend. Um, he basically said they had 16 defensive players available in that game. And he kind of said that the SEC had, had encouraged them to play whatever encouraged means. Um, and, and it does seem like the conference wants every team possible to get in, get in the full 10 games they were scheduled for. Um, that's not necessarily a possibility after um, I think it was A&M and Ole Miss yesterday was postponed. So one of those two teams probably isn't getting in a full schedule anymore, but, it does seem like that's the push, is to, to get as many teams with 10 games as possible. So I think Vandy would be encouraged to play. I, mean, I also could see the desire to play for at least some of the team. Um, I mean, they're athletes. You want to compete. You want to get out there. Um, but I also I can see from a standpoint of it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I would assume if they're, if they're able to play, I think the SEC is going to say, yeah, get out there and play. We want to have as many games as we can.
1: I guess lastly for me, uh, I know Mike Bobo will be available now that uh, everything's kind of shaken up there at South Carolina. Uh, do you think he would be a good fit on the staff and where with Pruitt?
2: He's a great team? quarterback developer, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he did it at Colorado, uh, Colorado State with Colin Hill, who ended up in South Carolina. I mean, he, he, he's good with quarterbacks, and that is something that this staff lacks so badly. Um, so I can see being a potential fit. Obviously, they know each other, just SEC coaches, both guys, at the Bennett, Georgia. Um, I don't know if there's anything going on there or not, but I, I assume that the quarterback coach position is one that Tennessee is going to look to maybe address this offseason, and, and Bobo is a commodity in that respect. Um, he also might have some, some coordinator options, though, um, out there. So hard to know where he'll want to go and what he'll want to do, but I, I certainly think that's a phone call Jeremy Pruitt would want to make.
0: Mike Wilson, Knoxville, New Sentinel, before we let you go, I, I, can we say this? Should I knock on some wood? Basketball is, is actually going to start, so ball tonight. fans will have something to be excited about?
2: I mean, I am driving to Thompson Bowling Arena in about two hours, and I've never been more excited <laughs> to cover sporting events, maybe in my entire life. Um, just, uh, yeah, excited to see what that team can do. I mean, we've, we've been talking about what this team can be this season for six months, since last season ended, and beyond. Um, so It'll be very, very interesting and exciting to finally kind of see what Rick Barnes has put together over there.
0: Mike, good stuff, man. We know you're busy. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the basketball game tonight. Uh, I know anybody who gets to go will certainly get to enjoy getting to see Coach Barnes and the crew. Thank you, man.
2: Appreciate it, Mike. that guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Mike Wilson, at ByMikeWilson on Twitter, Knoxville News Sentinel. Uh, Blaine, here's the one. I, I wrote down some questions after the game on Saturday, and one of them was I think a lot of people wonder, why did you wait this long to make moves on the quarterbacks? Because you had three guys who went out there, and Harrison Bailey was, was, was fairly poised. They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, Shroud and Maurer and the opportunities that, that they were given, which they haven't really been given much opportunities this year.
1: Well, every time I listen to him on the presser, you know, that's Coach Pruitt, and I always hear him talk about practice. So I think he, I mean, sometimes you have to go with your instinct, too. I mean, if a guy doesn't practice well or, you know, it's funny. I mean, sometimes your instincts about who is a better fit, he cannot be the better player, but he's a better fit, and everybody follows at the quarterback position. Uh, So it's almost like that's a crutch for him to use every time. And I I think now he's kind of back-treading because he's worried about, uh, you know, people leaving and getting in the portal. So I think now he's trying to appease to everybody. making everybody happy. And he said he's going to follow the same format pretty much this last game. He's going to do it again and put Maurer as his gadget guy or run guy because that made no sense watching it live. I go, why did he put him in there for a play? Because Bailey was kind of getting into a rhythm. Right. It was like, whoa, 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 because they wanted it was a run-pass-read option, and they thought it was going to be a run, and he ended up throwing a little flare pass there. So, yeah, I can't figure it out. Uh, It tells me that a lot of people are thinking that, he, maybe he's not the guy. I think once you start thinking that, it is probably true.
0: I don't know why. And and, and what you're saying makes 1,000% sense of, hey, man, I'm going to play all y'all. You're going to be in the mix next year. Don't leave here. Because yeah. he, he knows he needs them. Because right. you can't have Bailey, who's got almost no experience, Salter, who's got no experience, and then nobody else. Right. It just Pray that somebody falls to you in the transfer portal. Hundred percent, you want one of these other veterans to stay, and and they and these guys, Shrout and Maurer, don't have a whole lot of experience. experience? No. But but they would be your, your your big dog coming back, experience wise. But why would you just say Bailey, man, go out there in the fourth quarter? Let's see what you, let's see what you can do. Just keep it going. Get him because for him, we've heard all year, he doesn't have any experience, doesn't have COVID, COVID couldn't practice, COVID couldn't practice. Couldn't, well, you could have let him play a whole another quarter against Florida, and you didn't do it. Yeah. Well, he's going to say that the other players didn't have a fair
1: shot of, of getting their chance to show what they were worth because with no spring ball, right. and then I'm jumping Bailey ahead of him, and he knows probably more than we do yep. that Bailey shouldn't be ahead of them based off what he's seen at practice. But he's forced to because of the, the following of four-star Harrison Bailey. Yep. and jumps a guy, and then the other guy looks like, well, what the heck is going on? He doesn't understand that J.T. Stroud's is going to leave regardless. Yeah. He's going to really you, you appease to him and let him get in the game. But his mindset is, I should have started the game. Right. I should have started the game. I was here first. I know the offense better. Yeah. We all know he doesn't know the offense better. Hey, is he more talented? Maybe. I, I don't know that. I, only the coaches there should know that. So uh, I think it's, uh, it's a crapshoot now, man. Now you're trying to save face on, on the
0: quarterback because we all know you're not going to win unless you got a quarterback. Here's the other people who know who should be starting a quarterback the guys, the, the guys on oh, the, the team. team. Yep. They know. You keep mishandling this? You put the wrong guy out there to lead them? They, they know that. Hey, man, what are we doing?
1: Well, that's why I asked that question. As is, is, is up and down as J.G. has played, guess what their expectations are when they become a senior and if they falter their senior year? Well, I'll take you out, and then you go sit on the side, and we're not going to use you again. That's why I ask about that message. You've got to remember we're dealing with 18- to 21-year-old guys. It's very delicate there in that situation. Now, was he deserving? Did he deserve to be benched? When you should have benched him a long time ago then if that was the case. But now you benched him because he had COVID. So now the guys are looking like, well, he didn't play himself out of the position. You know, he, he was JG. He did what he's always done. So he, he should have took the opportunity, really, after the Kentucky. to be like, nope, we're moving on. Season's over. But he wanted to win some games, and he
0: thought he had the best shot to win games with JG. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you don't win those games. And now here you are, you know, winless down the stretch. You're going to play Vandy, and how many? People, maybe they'll put 53 people out there. Maybe they can scrounge together 53 to play you. Then, you know, A&M, if you can get that game in. But, I mean, this season has been lost, and now you're just trying to cram some experience into these three quarterbacks that you're going to try to get to stick around. You, you could have made the move. Here's the other thing. I mean, it feels like they've completely lost their fan base. They've lost them. <laughs> I mean, I'll ask you if you're a Vols fan. Are, are you excited about Tennessee football? Real talk. You excited next year? You excited about Tennessee football? Like right now, think about how you normally feel in the summer when you go buy your Athlon magazine at the grocery store and you're looking how excited are you about next season? 615-737-1045. Are you excited about next season? I'm not even talking about surviving this year. 615-737-1045. Tell us what you're thinking. Blaine and Mickey on 1045 the zone. I love you. Toy Field, Blaine and Mickey. Man, what a great day for us. What a great day for you. What a great day for Middle Tennessee. People are filling up this field with toys. Blaine, in the last 10 minutes, dude, I swear, we've covered about five yards of this hundred yards of Toy Field. Two more bags, two more bags. Uh, I see people dropping off some big wheels. What's like a big wheel? I rode the wheels off my (laughs) big wheel. People always step up.